All right, three, two, one. How's it going, everybody? And welcome back to the Nerd Stuff with Ian 2.0 podcast. As always, I'm your host, Ian. And you guys already know what it is. It's the MMA podcast, I think MMA podcast 12. And we're going to talk about Bellator, Bader versus Nimkov, and UFC uh, Munoz versus Edgar. Good Lord, couldn't even remember Pedro Munoz's last name or how I wanted to say it for a reason. And I figured it was a good weekend for fights. Definitely for people who slept on the Bellator card, I personally don't think it was a bad card. Definitely John Salter is a good fighter. Somebody who, I mean, he was one of the only dudes that was not afraid to go to the ground with Rafael Lovato Jr. And for people who don't know who Rafael Lovato Jr. is, dude is arguably one like, one of the best jiu-jitsu practitioners from America. He's one of the, really the few guys that's ever won it as a non-Brazilian. Like, he's that good. And he's faced the best of the best. And he's come out on top. He's also beat Gegard Mousasi last in a tough fight. He's had a lot of health issues that have come up recently and... It's it's really unknown if he's coming back to fight, if he's retired. It, it's a lot to come up with him. But he was but to reference it out, if you've never seen John Salter fight, look up Rafael Lovato Jr. versus John Salter. Yeah, it's a loss for John Salter. But dude, he's a submission ace. And he had a good he had a good fight on Friday. Then you had Big Country Roy Nelson, you had Julia Budd. You know, though Nelson lost, of course, due to the fact that for all power he has, speed and technique beats power all day long. And especially if everyone knows it's your right hand. That's not really a dig, it's just like when I talked about Dotson last week, Nelson's got a similar issue. Hasn't evolved the game to complement the right hand to be snuck in. Just like how Dotson hasn't evolved his game to sneak the left hand in better. He just fires it and hopes it happens. And I mean, that's kind of how losses happen, man. It sucks. But, I mean, I like Nelson, Roy Nelson, but, you know, it's it's a thing of how, where, where do you adjust? I mean, he's lost a couple back-to-back so far, man, and it's... Mm. I don't know. It's it's crazy enough as is. And then you have Julia Budd, who, if I recall, yeah, I think she won hers pretty decisively. For a reason, my brain wants to blank because it's because Bellator happened on Friday. Remember everybody's, but for a reason, I just Julia Budd, who Julia Budd was the former uh, Bellator. 145 champ for women. She lost to Chris Cyborg. Give me a moment. Let me bring it up. Mm-mm. Where are you? There you go. Sorry if you hear a dog barking in the background. She's all... The little one's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, Julia Budd got back to winning. I I knew she did. I just couldn't remember if she had... 
won like with a KO or not. Pretty sure. Yeah, she won via decision. I just for a reason my brain was blanking out. So I was like, because she's a good fighter. I just don't really remember the fight that much. And unfortunately, it's one of those fights with with Bellator cards. You you tend to kind of skip certain fights due to the fact that not every fight on the card is as best I want to put it as strong. And there's cards I've seen with UFC cards. I've definitely done that. Now the card I want to tell every I want to tell everybody the fight I suggest you really watch. And this dude is just freaking crazy. Is Vadim Nemkov versus Ryan Bader. They fought for the 205 Bellator champion. And Bader, Ryan Bader was the two-time Bellator, or was the double champ for Bellator. He was the first. He had the light heavyweight title and the heavyweight title. And ever since leaving the UFC, Bader's been on a roll, man. And Bader's just been, he's been going through people. I mean, he beat Phil Davis again. I mean, he's doing all the right things. And everyone was like, yo, Nimkov's a guy. He, he's coming up. And if you want to see a crazy Russian who's tra- who's one of Fedor's students, then this is the dude. So they had the fight. And to me, when I looked at the fight and I watched it, their power was about the same. Bader straight left was good. He definitely he clipped him and he hurt him. But Nimkov was there like, okay, I can compose myself. But the problem was that Bader had was in that fight, it wasn't the power, it was speed and technique. And when I brought up speed and technique, same as I referenced Roy Nelson and Ja Dotson and all them, you know, those will beat out your power. And because he hadn't fought at 205 in a while, he's fought heavyweights, who heavyweights particularly fight at a slower pace, a much more slowed down pace, so when you can set up power shots, if you're the lighter, bigger, you're the lighter guy, lighter, faster guy, you can do more. So, Bader was like, okay. He's like, all right, well, let me see what's going to happen. And slowly as going to the end of the first round, then once the second round happened, man, Nimkov was like, okay, I'm going to end it. And, dude, when he hit that, and he hit the head kick, and he just started just unloading on him, and then just Bader got up. Like, they gave Bader some chances. Like, Bader wasn't getting hit with clean shots. He was getting hit with shots, but nothing to really hurt him. But he got dropped. Again, he got dropped a total of three times when the ref was like, yo, it's it's done. Which, to me, looking at that, or, you know, we always talk about early stoppages and stuff like that. It could have been called the second one, but I'm glad the third one was the one that got stopped because Bader was not defending himself anymore. He was getting up and able to hold it, which was good, but Bader ended up just falling He because there was nothing else. He was getting caught no matter which way he was, and he was getting just blasted regardless so good on Nimkov man dude is legit I'm curious to see who he's gonna face now he could face Corey Anderson since Corey Anderson did just join Bellator's 205 division you know he could you know there there are some fights out there I think the Corey Anderson fight I don't think they're gonna set up super easy they could do Mishita they could do Masasi they've got some good fights at 205 for him and in a lot of ways, to me, it you know it makes sense. You know, he could rematch Phil Davis. You know, Phil Davis has to get some wins. Like, there's 
you know, a lot of good fights for him. And though the 205 divisions in both UFC and Bellator are not the richest, and when it comes down to talent, they definitely have some good fighters regardless. So I'm be curious. I mean, or they could rematch Vader. I don't know. The thing is, if he had to rematch, he'd have to give up his heavyweight title. That'd be the only thing. So, looking at it, you know, glad Bader won the, became a double champ. But the problem with being a double champ is the end of the day, you still have to only pick one division. You can't pick both. And you can fight in both for a little bit, but it's very difficult. Because if you lose, you've got to give up one title to pursue the other one, whether you want one to come back or not. And if you lose, let's say you get finished. Let's say, in particular, Bader's situation. Got finished at the 205 division. You know, Now he's got heavyweight. And there, you know, there are some heavyweights out there wanting a piece to get the heavyweight title, and they've been waiting. So it's one of those, man, you got to kind of, best way I'm going to look at it, it's, it's going to be interesting to see where he's going to go. I wouldn't be surprised if Bader decided to stay at the heavyweight division and start fighting more in that division and let Nimkov have the 205 title, but we'll see. But I want to talk about that card just because, to me, it was a great fight card. It was one that, realistically, the main event lived up to its hype, at least to me. Because Bader still looked good. The problem was, like I said, speed and technique beat him out. But then you got to see the young lion that Bellator's been like, yo, this guy, he he's insane, gets to face a guy like Corey Anderson. Gets to face guys like Corey Anderson and really see, can this guy fight the best of the best. And I mean, Bader is arguably a top five light heavyweight. No matter what division you go and like, no matter what organization, he is that good. And what he did to Bader, that, that's a statement. So definitely, I say for anybody really was, you know, if you're really casually watching MMA, that is definitely one of my fights to watch. And I highly suggest it. Just because it's a good card and overall, you know, it's definitely just works. Or even just if you're just like, hey, I'm like, hey, I just want to watch one fight off that card. That's the fight. And I mean, you guys can find it. It's really not super hard to find that fight card. And plus, if you have the zone or if you have. You know, a lot of their other apps definitely worth checking out, man. So, dude, it it like there there's not enough words I can say about Nimkov to really explain how good this man is until you watch him fight. Just saying. All right. So, which so let's go and I'm gonna go through what are my fights from last night that I'd say people should watch. So. You have Trevin Jones versus Tamar Valiev. Definitely, that was the first fight of the night. Definitely check that out. Like, pretty insane KO. Yeah, yeah Trevin Jones just 
I mean, he did his job. Jordan Wright versus Ike Villanueva. Good one. That, and a lot of the time I'd throw in finishes just because a lot of time with some decisions, it can be a little on the boring side. And it's not like all decisions are boring because, one, like I said, one of my favorite fights is Melendez versus Henderson. But I tend to kind of pick those because for, unless you're one of the more, I hate to put it like concept of hardcore fans. You know, there, there are some fights that in particular are kind of snooze fest when it comes down to decisions. But those would technically be my two, I would say, of the five I'm picking from this card. But honestly, this is a good card. It was a lot of prospects and a lot of finishes. And for a lot of people who are looking just to you know, see what young prospects are coming in, this is the one, man. This is definitely the one. Yeah, this next fight, this might be my number one pick. And my number one and number two picks from that. Daniel Rodriguez versus Dwight Grant. Dude, that might that's my number one. Then cause that that was nuts. Dwight Grant clips him, clips Daniel Rodriguez. Rodriguez is getting back up. He ref gives him a chance to get up. Then Rodriguez just run just brings it back, man. He just he just clipped Grant and he put it on him and Grant was just, and he was like, yo, dude, it's over. And he called the fight on Grant. They, dude, it was just, I mean, they hit each other with some shots. But Rodriguez, he, he got the momentum. And I looked at that when I started seeing Dwight Grant just laying in the, laying in the, just the punches in black, trying to put him away. And he wasn't, I was like, I called it, I was like, he's going to punch himself out. And it's not a bad, uh, it's not a bad thing. I just think his coach should have yelled at him, be like, hey, Calm down a little bit. Let him get back up. You know you can clip him on the feet. You know, get position and try and work something else because trying to unload on him the whole time is not gonna not gonna put him away. <clears throat> but definitely it was a good fight between the two of them, man. And dude, Danny Rodriguez, man, he's been on fire since coming in. So whew, definitely that that's my number one from the from last night. Now the next fight, Shannon Dobson versus Maria Agapova. Dude, everyone was talking about Maria Agapova being the chick that's going to be, like, oh, she's like the next Valentina Shevchenko. She's this, she's that. Like, she's a destroyer. And Shannon Dobson just comes in there and just biggest underdog story of it all and comes in there and just, just takes it. Like, literally... If I was going to say anything, if you skip the two, if you just skip the prelims and you just watched the main card, I could literally just say those top five fights. Those would be the ones I would say. But yeah, that that's definitely who, like last night, man, like it, I, even then, I, I will throw out there if. Watch the main card and those other two fights I suggested from the prelims. If not, watch those five fights I brought up. Like the main card fights. So, Shannon Dobson versus Miri Akapova. Dude, she brought it back, man. She underdog storied the crap out of that. And she just took some hype. And, I mean, good on her, man. Then you had Joe Selecki, who is a protege of John Salter, 
who I talked about earlier, I talked about him to reference Joe Selecki because John Salter gets slept on when it comes down to his, his submissions game, man, and his grappling. So this dude sent a message, and he was going against Austin Hubbard, who was the same guy who who uh, got, uh, it was what, I can never remember, I think it was, was it Mark Ropkoff? Was it? Yeah, Max Roshkoff. The guy that, you know, it's always going to be notorious for being going. The guy that quit on the stool or whatever. That his coach is trying to get him to come in and everything like that. Which, I don't, know, I don't think that was as crazy bad as it could have been. But again, you know, it's down to the fighter. Now, unfortunately for Roshkoff, he has been released by the UFC. And I think he'll get picked up. I think that. It might have just been a little too early for him, and I think the big show might have just been in his head. And I think he, like I said, seeing a sports psychologist is not a bad thing for him. Especially young fighters, and just veteran fighters, and just fighters in general, and other athletes. And even for regular people, you know, sports psychologists will help you kind of get over get over that hump. Like, Francis Ngannou needed it. He was blasting dudes until he met Stipe, and Stipe took it out, took it out of him after fun through a five-round just beatdown. And then when he came, when Ngannou went back and faced Derek Lewis, it was a snooze fest because they were both gung shot because Derek Lewis isn't going to try and overcommit to get blasted by Ngannou. And Ngannou was like, yo, he can, he can take me out too. So Ngannou went and saw a sports psychologist. And you've seen the run he's been on. I mean, he put out JDS, put out Cain Velasquez, put out Curtis Blades, and then just... Took the soul of of freaking Jarzinho Rosenstrike, what he did to him. He just goes, and this is over. I mean, that's four top guys that he put out. I mean, that's crazy enough. But definitely, I mean, it helps. But to get back to it, you had Joe Selecki. And, dude, as soon as he got Austin Hubbard's back, man, he, he did not let go. He he body-triangled him on the feet, had him put him much against the cage, and then just, he rear-naked choked him. He, he submitted him. He had no, and Hubbard just had nothing for him. And that just shows you how good, you know, he can be. Again, especially against, like, young prospects and everything like that. So I think he's got a good future. I would definitely say... With the body triangle on the feet, that's a, it's a risk-reward factor. Is And it, just to kind of give concept and understanding. When you're trying to go up and you're physically going off your feet to body triangle somebody, there is a chance that you burn out your legs. Because you're, you're, if your opponent's like, okay, well, if I can just hand fight him for a while and he burns out his legs trying to hold me, then... It, it can be really bad, especially if it's near the end of a round and it's not fresh. Let's say it was near the end of the first round and like it was like a minute left and he was going for it. That next round, dude, his legs are done. So he, he calculated that one very well. But in understanding that calculation, it's a very double-edged sword, a very high risk-reward factor. Great that he was able to get the body triangle and hold it up in order for him to get the rear naked choke. But, if let's say he didn't do it, 
it could have been a completely separate fight and no and at that point it could have been Austin Hubbard coming back let's say if he did have the you know did defend it better and what and really kept Joe Selecki from really able to get it it could have been another thing now you can argue oh well he had him carry his weight how would it burn out his legs blah 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 well you can argue that but Austin Hubbard yeah he's carrying his weight it's not all he's got to do is rest a little bit. Once you're squeezing that tight with your legs for a long period of time, especially if you're not able to finish somebody like that, it doesn't seem like a lot. But try if you ever go to like the gym or anything like that, or if you have a bag, or if you have something that's got a little bit of heft to it, and try just squeezing with all your might and holding that for a while. It's it, it It's excruciating. And see how your arms and legs feel for after a little bit. You know, it, it's excruciating for both. But it can be really bad for the guy holding the body triangle if they're not getting the guy to the ground. You know, it's it's the it's the risk. Great risk he took to win. But definitely, you know, I definitely say it's... He, he made a very good calculated risk. Something that, like, Damian Maya would have done. Because Damian Maya has definitely done it. So, good on him, but yeah, this kind of give you guys kind of the concepts of that. This way, if you guys are like at home listening to you, like, hey, let me let me try this out. And you, let's say you, you know, whether it's like you're with one of your friends, wherever you guys want to practice, and like, hey, put this, but don't go full hard, but like, go for it a little bit, but go more with the legs and do the body triangle while somebody's trying to hold you up, or on the ground, you're just holding it. You're, you can gas out your legs, but hey, that's just my uh, two cents on it, kind of like looking at that. Then you had, the next fight was Mike Rodriguez versus Marcin Patricino, and that was good. Like, freaking, good lord. Then you had the main event, Frankie Edgar versus Pedro Munoz, and Edgar looked good, man. So, definitely, I, like, I was talking to my brother about it. We were like, cause we, we were talking about, you know, how good Frankie looked. I was like, Frankie looked good. You know, 35 is not a bad division for him. But, I like, I prefaced it out there. I was like, I would say th- this should be his last division. He should not go lower than 35. Because I feel like him going down any lower, it, it's not serving a purpose anymore. I think 35 is a good weight for him. 45 was a good weight. You know, I think 45 was still a little on the heavier side for him. But I definitely feel as though 45 was, you know, it's probably his most optimal weight. But I don't think 35 is going to hurt him. I think he can, you know, potentially make a run at 35. I mean, especially since he beat a guy that, you know, he, who has as good as he is. You know, Pedro Munoz is not a slouch. You know, I know I mean, what he did to Cody Garbrandt, though Garbrandt did, you know, kind of go headlong and all that. And, I mean, Munoz has been on a tear for a minute. Before he ran into Aljamain Sterling. And let's see. Because Aljamain Sterling was the last guy that beat him. But before that, I mean, he had beat... Yeah, before that, he had beat... Damian Sasek, Rob Font. He beat 
John Dotson. He beat Brett. Or no, John Dotson beat him via decision. Good Lord, my bad. So before that, he had at least racked up three fights. He beat Brett Johns, Brian Caraway, and Caraway's not an easy fight. And then he went and just blasted Garbrandt, ran into Aljamain, or Aljo. Then he ran into Frankie. Dude's got a lot of talent, got a lot of skill. I think he'll be back. He'll be perfectly fine. I'm just curious to see where Frankie is going to go next, man. And I mean, it was a good card overall. Definitely, I like Frankie at 35. I don't think he's going to... I'll be curious to see what he's going to do. Because I think this might be his last division he ever fights in. And it's going to be an interesting time, man. Just seeing where he's going to go and... You know, what else is out there? And that is definitely it. So, I good night of fights. Good weekend of fights. Definitely next weekend's going to be even crazier. I figured I haven't done this in a while. I figured for people who are old fans of the podcast, I will... Uh, or people who are kind of curious, what I used to do when I first started my po- MMA podcast, I would look at the next week's fight card. And I will talk about it real quick. So, <clears throat> I figured, let me, oh, I'll bring it back real quick. Because next week's card is ridiculous. So, right now, you have four fights on the main card. So, you have, and I'm, I'm going to only go over exclusively just the main card to me right now. Even though there's a couple other good fights on the prelims, I definitely think, I'm just going to go over the main card. I'm going to make a pick. Uh, I'm going to make a pick for just a couple of them. So, freaking the rematch we've all been waiting for. Because I figured, you know, I've, I've done my fair share of MMA topics. Stuff like that. I mean, I can talk about, you know, the concept of going down in weight or going up in weight. The advantages and disadvantages. I can talk about that. But... You know, I figured you guys kind of want something a little different, and me kind of bringing back an oldie but a goodie. So when I initially started my original podcast, which was Nerd Stuff with Ian, not Nerd Stuff with Ian 2.0, I started up on another podcasting network, because the one I currently record on is Anchor. So in case people are kind of curious, Anchor is the one I primarily record on now. Podbean is what I recorded on beforehand. I mean, I liked them both. But I like Anchor a little better. It definitely gets my podcast out there more. And I appreciate that. Plus, I'm having fun with it. So, I'll bring it back. So, Lord, the rematch. The one we've been talking about. To get to it. So, you have Ion Kutelaba versus Magomed Ankalev. Me and my brother were there when they did the last Norfolk card with the first fight between Figueredo and Benavidez. And when this fight got freaking just the insanity of the first fight and the fact that this fight's taken so long to get rematched, you know, with Kute Laba getting COVID, now it was cleared, now all this stuff's good. Like, I'm ready for this fight. Because both of them want to go. Kute Laba, literally, they, when they walked up to each other, man, like freaking, like, Ankalev, like, he did his thing, and then Kute Laba, Beelined it, and they were in. This was like introduction. Kutelaba walked straight forward at him, 
Like, no, got, got right in his face. And me and my brother are like, yo, it's about to be another JDS Kane Velasquez moment. Oh, it got better. Freaking Ankalev du double underhooked because he was like, okay, well, you're coming at me. I get it. Like, you're, like, we're about to fight, man. Like, you, you, like, we're, like, you're, you're gonna, I don't know what's gonna happen. So he does that, and they end up getting pulled apart. Security's like, whoa, 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 what in the world's going on here? And everybody in the crowd just losing it because we're just freaking out. We're like, yo, this is game time. Like, it's about to go down. <laughs> like, we're thinking this is, like, no longer is a cage fight. It's a street. Everyone's just, it's a street fight. Everyone's hype. We're already, like, we know it's about to be a war because Kudelaba is a beast. And Ankalev, man... You can make jokes about him getting choked out by freaking Paul Craig, but the dude is scary. So both guys deserve respect, and like that's why I'm not gonna go full on. But dude, they were ready to go. They were going. Uncle was hitting with head kicks, and Kutilama fake getting hurt, and the ref called the fight, and everyone was booing. They were going off, and freaking man. Kutalaba was like, dude, I wasn't hurt. I faked it to have him come in. You know, even Bisbing was like, yo, no, this is not on us. Don't, don't boo me. Boo the ref. Like, it was it was nuts. And I'm like, I, I get that in a lot of ways, man. But still, whew, good lord, man. That card's going to be insane. Just that fight alone, like, I'm most hyped for that fight. Like, like I don't even know how to words to describe it. Oh, God, who, all right, sorry, I had to relive that moment, so, I think that's, like, my, I think it's my third card I've seen, because I've seen, so, I'll, I'll, little, little journey before I kind of go in, and this was live, my third card I've seen live, before I go back and get back to who I think to predict, so I've seen, so, my first fight card, we went to Mendez versus Lamas. Second was Poirier Pettis. <clears throat> and the last one was Benavidez versus Figueredo. Like, definitely, if you have not gone to a live UFC event, whenever they bring them back and they come to different states and stuff like that, I highly suggest it. It's definitely a good experience. And I think a lot of people will appreciate it. You know, it's it's good because you get a lot of cool fans around you. You guys get to, you know, talk to other people, especially if you have guys that are guys and girls that are more in the hardcore scene or just people who just want to have a good time and have fun. Definitely suggest it, man. So, and, and all intents and purposes, definitely go to see one of those live. It can, you know, it can be a little boring during our missions and stuff like that, but once it goes, man, it's it's such a different feel. Like, it, to me, like, I look at it, it's kind of like, for anybody who's been to, like, live sporting events versus, you know, televised, you know, you feel, whether you're watching, like, high school football and baseball and all stuff versus, you know, the live college and everything like that, in comparison, it's, there's almost no true comparison. One is definitely, if you're an analyst, better to go analyst-wise to watch televised, at least to me. And I, I break it down that way because... You're able to see more on a televised cameras everywhere than you are as a fan. But if you're going live, go as a fan, man. Enjoy it. Like, definitely, 
appreciate that experience. So that's kind of like me throwing that out there. So, alright, who do I think is going to win between Magomed, Golov, sorry for going off, and I and Kutilaba? I'm going to say, I think Kutilaba wants a piece. Though I think Ankalev could take it. I think Kutilaba, I think he's been mad, he's been, he's been ready. I think he could he could probably blast Ankalev, and I think he's probably going to finish. I don't think it's going out of the first round. That's all I'm going to say. So I'm going to put Ion Kutelaba, first round knockout. That's what I'm calling. So we'll go from there. Now we have Alexa Grasso versus Ji Yoon Kim. That, that fight's a little closer, at least to me. I'm actually going to go Ji Yoon Kim. I think it's going to be a decision. But I think it's going to be a good fight. But I think Gene Kim's just going to... I don't know. Even though Alexa Grasso's got some really good wrestling. Oh, no. Wait. No, hold on. no, 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 no. I'm trying to think. I don't think I've really seen too much of Alexa Grasso's wrestling. I know she can wrestle. But I don't really think she uses it that much. Hmm. That's what it was. No, no, no. Sorry. For a reason, I was confusing her up. For a reason, my brain was one to like put her up as Tatiana Suarez. For a reason, when I don't know why I wanted to imagine her just wrestling. No, no. Alexa Grasso. She has a lot more stand up than anything else. Sorry, my brain. Once you watch a lot of these fights, man, it's just a lot. Cause she she's a wrestle heavy height. Or Tatiana Suarez is wrestle heavy. Alexa Grasso, she can a little bit, but it's not. She prefers to stand. Uh, yeah, I think I'm gonna lean on June Kim. I think that. I think it's gonna be a good one. I think it's gonna be a decision. Just throwing that out there, but I think it's a good fight regardless. But I'm gonna go June Kim. I think she's gonna take that. Now, the fight that got my interest the most is Lawler versus Magni. Dude, that's the co-main. We haven't seen Lawler since the Colby Covington fight. And I'm curious which Lawler... I'm curious, you know, Magni... I'm not even going to say I'm curious which Lawler we're going to get. I'm not even worried about that. I I think that for Neil Magni, man, it's going to be a tough fight for both. Honestly, because if Magni or Waller is not on game, not on point even for a fraction of a second, they're both just that good. And they're crafty veterans. And I like them both. I will, at least to me, I'm going to re- lean Robbie Lawler. I think that if Lawler has seen some of the holes in Magni's game, if he starts working leg kicks, I could see him finishing Magni in round two. I could call that. So definitely, it. I mean, it's a <clears throat> that that's who I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick Lawler for that one. Now, last but certainly not least, Alexander Rakic versus Anthony Smith. I really cannot count Anthony Smith out in this one, even though he got you know pieced up pretty bad by Glover Teixeira going to the third, fourth, and fifth rounds, but. Yeah, that's 
whole nother kettle of beans for that one. You know, Resic, you know, he what he what he did to Ustamir, man, that was crazy. But I don't know, man. I, I think that Smith Willis guys <sighs> Sorry, yawning. Smith is one of those guys that I feel as though doesn't get a lot of I guess best way I want to put it. Doesn't get a lot of I guess I guess I say Smith doesn't get a lot of credit for how good he really is. Yeah, no, he lost split decision to Ustamir. It was a tough fight for that one. Then I mean he blasted Devin Clark and Jimmy Manoa. Just bad. I think that, I mean, it's a, whew, yeah, I'm going to give it to Smith, I think Smith's going to end up taking him down, I think he's going to submit him, at least to me, so I've got Smith, Lawler, June Kim, and i got Kute Lava, almost exclusively left side, except for Kute Lava, who I have him on the right, or in the, in the blue. So, mm, I definitely feel as though it's it's going to be a good card next week. And definitely, I suggest people check it out, man. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Like, no, like I'm excited for it. <clears throat> Sorry, good Lord. Man, whew, it's been one of those. I'm just trying to get all this knocked out and get all done. But, yeah. Man, there's really not a lot left to talk about. I mean, I could bring up officially there Colby Covington versus Woodley supposed to happen. You've got Costa versus Adesanya. There's so many good fights that are about to happen soon, man. It's not even crazy. Or it's not even funny, I should say. But uh, yeah, I figured you guys would probably like this. And I, plus, I figured you guys would like me kind of talking about my experiences along with who I think is going to win next week's fights. And uh, yeah, you guys have a good day and uh, later.